to the Saturday Night Live After Party. With SNL back for its 48th season, we thought it would be a good time to discuss all the changes happening at the show, and also a few changes here at the After Party. I'm Catherine Coleman, and look what the cat dragged back in, it's John Murray. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so on Twitter at SNL Podcast. To get early access to all of our Season 48 coverage, head over to patreon.com slash snlpodcast. It's our patrons who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome back. How's it going? It's going very well. How was your summer? Uh, it, it was busy, you know, uh... My dad had a double lung transplant. I booked, you know, four or five live shows we got coming up. Just just all over the place. How about you? <laughs> you're you're just going to gloss right over the, the double right over. lung thing. Okay. <laughs> well, we, I guess we don't need to dig too deep on that. He's but, good. He's um, good. I'll, so, you know. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's really all we needed to get to the bottom yeah. of. Um, as our audience is probably aware, we didn't put out a whole lot of content this summer. Um, obviously, you know, there was some, some family stuff to deal with some traveling and with the world just coming back to life and, uh, collaborations and shows and stuff happening. Uh, you've been a, a busy little beaver. Um, have, do you, did, did you do anything in particular over the summer that you're proud of that people could check out? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. I filmed a, a new sketch that it was in my SNL packet. They did not hire mm-hmm. me. Spoiler alert. But it's a great <laughs> sketch, and I did film it on my own. And uh, that it hasn't come out yet. It will come out on October 18th. It's going to premiere at a live show that I'm working on called Catherine Coleman's Social Commentary. That's October 17th at the Squirrel Theater. And yeah, I'm just I'm on I'm on two sketch teams. I direct a third. I'm working on a web series. Just just a lot of stuff in the fall. Yeah, well, it's good to be busy. And you've been traveling all over the place too, yeah? Yeah, no, my, my life has taken me down a completely different track. I've, I've had no creative endeavors over the summer and no real family drama to speak of, but uh, I did get to do a lot of traveling. I, um, I took the family in our RV uh, up to the, the Great White North. We, um, we traveled throughout all the maritime provinces, which since most of our audience is American, they probably have no idea what that <laughs> means. Um, we have a version, a version of Massachusetts. Uh, slightly above your Massachusetts okay. and um, uh, in, in Canada, we call that Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, mm-hmm. Labrador, PEI, New Brunswick. And we toured around all of those provinces, which are Canadian versions of States. And the, the highlight of the trip by far was we, we went to the very tippy top of a place called Newfoundland, which is where the world renowned Steve Finn hails from. Uh-huh. And I was able to, to meet this guy for the first time in the flesh and had an absolutely delightful time uh, tearing it up in downtown St. John's with this guy. And um, a good time was had by all. I, I kissed a, a fish. And um, yeah, we, we got a little silly, got a little sloppy. And uh, I, I feel richer for the experience. So I, I just want to thank him for um, playing host. And <laughs> uh, it, it was just a, a wonderful highlight of our, our travels this summer. And um, obviously, you know, we'll be talking to Steve again on the cast throughout the season but um yeah it was it was really nice after six years to be able to meet the guy in the flesh and and have a good time and he's every bit as wonderful as you would have expected from his participation in the show i love that i i get to play virtual mini golf with steve like once a month and that that's as far as we've made it in our relationship so 
I have no idea what virtual mini golf is or why anyone would want to do it. But <laughs> hey, if, if it's working for you guys, great. We got to keep that camaraderie high. Right. It's our bonding yes. time. <laughs> good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough shooting the breeze. We do have a lot to discuss. So should we get into it? Very true. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover. So there's no point in uh, wasting any more time with this uh, small talk. Right. What, what do we want to talk about first? Well, uh, we, we didn't get the chance to jump in and talk about all the new hires when they were announced. So I figure we can start right. there. Yep. We've, yeah, uh, now you have some insights, actually. So, like, let's, let's actually do this upright. Um, right. You had an opportunity over the summer to go to one of the showcases. So why don't you uh, give us the rundown? What, what was your uh, takeaway from that? Yeah, it, it, was, it was a really interesting experience. It's one of those things where, like, they don't say it's an SNL audition, but if you just kind of know what you're looking for, you know which show it is. Um, right. So I, I grabbed tickets. I went. Uh, it was at the um, the Improv Asylum, which was the the original uh, UCB in New York. So it's in Chelsea in a basement right. under a supermarket. Um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the little one on that side street that yep. you would miss if you blinked. Yeah, but... It, uh, aside from the pillars that block the uh, the, block the, the, the audience right. view of the stage, <laughs> it's a wonderful dank little room. Like that's yeah. you feel special in that that room. And they've they've actually had a lot of auditions there over the years, so that mm -hmm. that fits. Yeah. yeah. So so we we walked down there. My husband went with me, and immediately, you know, I noticed they've got a lot of seats blocked off that are reserved. Mm -hmm. Um, and we go, we sit down, and uh, there's only two seats together left are in the front row. So we sit there, and I sort of look over and I'm talking to him, to Nathan, and then out of the corner of my eye, I can see the SNL people getting there. I'm like, oh, there's there's yeah. Kent Sableth, there's Eric Kenward, uh, there's Steve Higgins. Um, and then some time went by and then I looked back and Lauren himself had arrived into the yeah, he, dark little basement. He <laughs> yeah, he always shows up when he's good and ready. I, I'm I'm told that he's more than happy to keep people waiting. So right. I wouldn't expect him to show up with the others. I just Very didn't, good, I didn't so. expect him. I figured, you know, especially at this point, I'm like, yeah, he just waits for them to come to the studio. He's not he's not going to trek out here to Midtown East West and like <laughs> to Chelsea. Well, you, you know, like he he's more involved in some of that stuff than so, some people mm -hmm. might realize. They think that maybe at this point in his career, he's kind of checked out from that and he just delegated. But from a lot of the SNL audition stories that I've heard over the years, um, the impression I get is that he, he not only does, you know, come out and, and scout um, at least once they get into the final rounds, like when it, right. you know, when these are people that are probably, you know, going to make it to either uh, a main stage audition or whatever. Um, he's, he's often not just at, at the showcases, but then like mills about, when they go to you know a club or a, a bar or something afterwards and just kind of observes to see like you know which people can hang and you know which ones might be problematic like i think you you learn a lot more about a person when they're they feel like they're off the clock and are just uh -huh. kind of being themselves and i i i think um you know that's part of the process for him so uh those are the things that you can't really teach or delegate and uh, it is just interesting that that he is still very hands on that way yeah i heard he even he even went to one of the showcases in la so He's definitely, yeah, yeah. he's all Chicago in. and LA. Yeah. Yeah. He often, <laughs> often does the rounds when, when it's the people that are, you know, like they've already kind of called the right. herd and they're down to like their last six or whatever. Yeah. Cause um, this is, this yeah. is a curated showcase, right? Like this isn't right. just a Friday night at the asylum. It's, it's right. like, these are, these are the performers that we put forth. I know a few of them SNL actually flew in to see. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, after the show, they all they all went up the stairs. They went about halfway down the street, and they had this huge like thirty person huddle. 
Uh, yep. And then they okay. they left without speaking to anybody. Yeah, that's where all the real decisions are made. In <laughs> right. The, the powwow uh, after the fact. I, I, wa- I wasn't able to sneak in. I wasn't able to really rub elbows. Uh, you, you just walk but, up all confident and casual like, okay, I'm here. We can we can talk now. Just I recommend the Catherine Coleman. Was she in the <laughs> yes. showcase? No. But should she have been? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very but, uh, good. So you you didn't get any great clandestine insights on who they hired, but obviously we're recording this after the premiere. So we, we right. now obviously know who they picked. Um, so who from the actual hires were at the showcase? Yeah. So I saw Marcelo Hernandez, Devin Walker, and then Sierra O'Sullivan, who they actually hired as a writer. Okay. Um, they were all three at this showcase. Uh, I'd say the showcase was about a little more than half stand-ups. And the rest, mm-hmm. character performers. Um, I tend to favor more character performers, people that do a lot of sketch and improv. Uh, so the people that made the biggest impression on me were uh, those people. So Sierra O'Sullivan was one of those people. Like I, I mentioned okay. her numerous times after the showcase. I was like, Sierra O'Sullivan and Jamie Lynn Watson were phenomenal. They should both be hired. Um, okay. Jamie Lynn Watson was not. But uh, and then they, they put Sierra in the writer's room. And I actually hung out with her she was in from out of town um, after the show. She didn't like, you know, everybody else had like a bunch of friends around him. It was hard to get in, but uh, I was mm-hmm. able to chat with her quite a bit. Uh, super nice. Very happy for her. Um, and then Marcelo and Devin both did uh, purely stand up auditions. I know mm-hmm. Marcelo has some more like character stuff on like his Instagram and TikTok. Um, but they were both really funny. Marcelo immediately. I clocked him as someone. He just seems very laid back. He seems just like ultra likable. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's, there was an energy to his personality that was like, I want to like this guy, you know? Um, okay. And Devin, I will say was absolutely hysterical. Um, I mean, it was, it was all stand up, So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that lends itself to sketch, but right. like, I like his material was top notch. He was definitely my favorite stand up of the night. Um, okay. He made a lot of jokes about how he looks just like Pete Davidson, which he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay. So uh, it, it's nice that you got to see them before they become, you know, the flavor of the week and, and start right. getting press. Um, but you think that the the biggest spark, like the the person that you thought was just, you know, leaping off the page like magic was mm-hmm. Sierra O'Sullivan. Yeah. Could you see her transitioning to the cast in a future season? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think she was a great well, performer. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, good insights. And obviously, yeah. um, that showcase was fruitful because you yeah. know we we got some some new hires out of it. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop taking over and playing host here because this is <laughs> this is your show. So yeah, you uh, gave I'm it. just gonna yeah I'm gonna come back <laughs> from the mic. You you tell me what we're doing next. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the extent of of what I have to say. I have to admit I didn't didn't do a ton of homework on Michael Longfellow or Molly Kearney prior to the. I sort of was aware, you know, I briefly glanced at their Instagrams when it was announced and everything. Um, but I don't know. Part of me wanted to go in a little blind. I thought it'd be fun. So uh, we didn't get a whole lot of Molly in the premiere, but I think Michael no. Longfellow made an impression. He had his update piece. So yep. uh, that was pretty good. Now, based on what you saw at the showcase and then what we saw in the premiere, where do you think the show's thinking was at with these hires? Like, how do you think they're going to fit into the ensemble? Who, like, this is this is such a a dumb question to ask because this isn't how the show really does it, but who do you think they're going to be replacing? Like of the, the many departing cast members, where do you think these guys are going to kind of fit in and sort of pick up the mantle and, and take on mm-hmm. some of the roles of some of the departing people? Do you have any uh, hunch on where you think these guys are going to gel? 
I just love that you asked me that because in one of the early episodes that I ever did on here, you specifically told me to not do that. I know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, but here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care. I just show up. I didn't even read your show notes before we started recording. I'm just, I'm just here to fill a seat. Uh, I'm not invested. I am so checked out. Um, so yeah, I don't care about quality control or whatever. I, I'll, I'll derail your show. Absolutely. Um, but because this is yeah. a big rebuilding year, mm-hmm. not that we assume that, that that's really how the show looks at it, but we at least have enough to go on because you've seen them perform outside of SNL. And now, you know, we at least have the premiere to give us a sense of maybe where some right. of the thinking was at. Um, we don't have to go through all of them, but is there anyone that you think like this person I think is really going to be good at taking up these sort of roles mm-hmm. and any, any brilliant thoughts? I mean, I would say Marcelo, Devin and Michael, all three are pretty young guys to my mm. knowledge. So that's, that's definitely kind of one thing that stood out to me a lot. Marcelo, I think is the youngest. He's like 22, 23, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're definitely, they're definitely trying to bring in a, a Gen Z perspective to the cast. And I think they, they sure. started to get a lot of that with like, please don't destroy last season. But like now we have the faces to that more. Um, yep. So I, I think that that's definitely part of it. Michael, you know, with that weekend update debut, definitely felt a little Pete Davidson esque, a little uh, Jimmy Fallon esque. Um, New resident young person. Yeah. Resident yeah. young person going to do stand up bits at the update desk sort of guy. Right. Um, and, and Devin. I don't know that there's one specific role, but definitely feels just sort of there's kind of just a goofy air about him. So, like, I think he's just going to maybe come on in those walk on roles to make fun of himself a lot, like the corn cob and, and even uh, Billy Ocean. Like, I, I see that mm. that feels like his brand to me. OK. All right. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Like, I, I wish I could <laughs> offer some insights, but yeah, you're the only one New York side that can uh, actually, you know, get any. uh access here so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how the season shapes up yeah the uh the other big shakeup of the season apart from obviously all the departures uh is i noticed in the credits that jost and Che stepped down from their head writer roles so that's mm-hmm. definitely interesting i wonder if uh maybe they're they're eyeing a transition or an exit or something at some point or who knows i mean mm-hmm. we can only speculate but uh right. i wouldn't be at all surprised if maybe this was the last season for jost and Che at the desk yeah, I think I think I think it's definitely their tenure feels like it should be coming to an end just in the yeah. time frame that it's been they're, they're It's gotten to the point where every week it's like so solid. And so like like last season, I feel like every week we're like, yeah, it was good. And that's all we okay, really so- had to offer on it, you know, so like I feel like it's, maybe it's time to get some fresh things in there, change it up a little bit. So your hot take is it's working great. So let's fix it. Right. Yeah. No, that. <laughs> In in a way, actually, that's fair because even if it's working, like even if they're just like super comfortable and they found their groove and they can deliver week over week, the show thrives when it brings something fresh to the table. And at right. a certain point, they just can't offer that. Um, and it's not like they haven't defined an era, right? Like exactly, Joseph yeah. has been at the desks you know almost a decade, <laughs> he's, and he's been working there for like twenty years. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. That's got to be a record tenure. That's that's even yeah. longer than than Myers. So, as well as they do at the desk, uh, yeah, I, I could totally see the show thinking, okay, what's next? Like, how mm-hmm. do we transition into new anchors without it being like forced upon them? Like, mm-hmm. someone decides to depart, and now over the summer they have to try and figure out good chemistry. Like, are they basically going to be watching throughout the season trying to figure out who might be a good fit? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe from the writers' room, maybe from the cast. 
all speculation, but uh, I think you're right. I could, I can feel like it could be a good time for them to start moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's good when you know what to expect of the show, but like there is, I think you're at the point where even casual viewers can kind of guess the jokes because they have such a defined voice. And so that's not surprising anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, their structure, you know, their setup, Mm -hmm. you know, their cadence, like there aren't a lot of surprises. You're absolutely Right. right. So, yeah. And then, you know, in, in Colin's book, he talks about he's he's coming to peace with stepping down. He wants to make more time for family. So maybe, right. you know, maybe this little baby step is is what they needed. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's yep. interesting. I think it was a, a very solid start to the season under, you know, the so the head writers now are Allison Gates, Kent Sublet and Streeter Siddell, yep. um, who were also co-head writers for the last half of last season. So it's not like, right. you know. It's not like it's gone to the wolves. We're in good mm-hmm. hands. And like, I think, I think they have a very solid leadership. I like that each, each of the three of them have like their own distinct brands. So I feel like, you know, they can sort of, they can, they can divvy up that workload to the things that suit their tastes best. And I think, I think that's actually really smart. I think I'm excited to see where they take the show. Yeah. The show has gotten very good at succession and transition. There's, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of um, like big shakeups that you can feel reverberate through the show. Right. As much as in past eras where, uh, yeah, you, you lost some core member of the production and, and the next week it's like you, you knew you were watching a slightly different show. Right. It's not, it's not that anymore. So yeah, um, I'm sure that all of these seasoned writers that are continuing to climb the ranks are gonna, you know, do great. Uh, yeah. they're supervising their quality control. Uh, it's not rocket science, but if you have funny people in those roles, and the right people in the room, then you get good comedy. And I, I don't see any reason why we would assume that this season will be any less than, than previous seasons in that regard. So yeah, I think those okay. are all good decisions. Yep. Okay. Well, let's talk about this premiere a little bit. I think um, yeah. it was a heck of an episode that we got. Right. Um, but honestly, I pretty much just watched the cold open said, they said everything <laughs> I have to offer. And I called John and said, should we even do an episode? Yeah. Yeah, no, th- this was the most meta of of meta <laughs> sketches you'll ever see on SNL. And it is funny because they say like, they say all the things that the fans say, like the, the cliche mm-hmm. is about, oh, well, you know, like if the host is in the cold open, then they must have confidence. Like those are words that I've spoken verbatim a yeah. hundred mm-hmm. times over the last five years. It's just, it's funny to hear the show being as tuned in to the critique Mm-hmm. And the the um the perception that the audience has of the show at this point that's that's always amusing. Um, I I don't know how much mileage we got out of that gag, but it was <laughs> it was definitely a good way to reset the table and mm-hmm. let everyone know this is a rebuilding year. There's going to be you know uh, a few um, creaky sketches along the way, and we are aware of it. Mm-hmm. So you know it was it was fun in that regard that they they can be a little tongue in cheek that way. Well, speaking of rebuilding years. Yes. We're doing a little rebuilding too, eh? Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. If we're if we're getting into that now, sure. We are. So, as our audience knows, over the summer we didn't turn out anything. We did manage to record three episodes. <laughs> One of them right. we will we will drop. The other two, uh, it's kind of pointless to do a like a postseason extravaganza for season forty seven right. after season forty eight premiere. So even <laughs> though we have those in the can and. Uh, we'll probably put the rough cuts out for Patreon or, or something like we'll do something with it for anyone that really want our insights on the cut for time sketches or the stuff that we covered in those. Um, we just didn't have time to turn them into polished, packaged, you know, releasable episodes due to, uh, you know, family drama, traveling, and obviously uh, you ramping up all of your extracurriculars. So um, the thing is, though, um, 
those commitments, they're not going away anytime soon. Like you're, you're not going to be slowing down with your sketch stuff and your writing stuff. Um, I'm not going to be slowing down with my family stuff. turns out I knocked up my wife again. Someone's going to have to explain to me why this keeps happening. Um, so I've got delicate. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm a classy dude. Um, (laughs) so I got a, you know, I've got obviously things that I'm going to be preoccupied with. Um, so we were chatting over the last few weeks and, and trying to think very soberly about what that means for the show, because there's no point in doing the cast if we can't bring a measure of passion and joy to it, right? Like nobody wants to watch a, a joyless slog of a show where you can tell the people, you know, they don't have the time or the energy to really do justice to it. And the one thing that I've always wanted the show to be was something where when people tune in, they know these are people that like put in the time to try and deliver quality content, you know, like whether it be the analysis or the editing of the show and just the presentation of it or the structure of it. Like I didn't, I never wanted to turn in anything that I couldn't be really proud of. And we've been able to maintain that as we've switched to video and you've taken the helm. Um, I'm really proud of what we've put out. And so the, the big question becomes, well, if we're not certain that we can really commit to keeping the bar high that way and delivering the the quality that I think defines our cast. Cause obviously there's, there's a lot of shows out there people can tune into for SNL coverage, but we always wanted to carve out our niche and be our own funky little thing where hopefully we're the voice of, uh, you know, the New York, uh, up and coming sketch comedians that, that we've been bringing on and, and hopefully, you know, delivering, a uh, a show that is just enjoyable to watch. It isn't just a, you know, a, a quick and dirty podcast discussion. It's a bit more than that. And we weren't quite sure how we were going to pull it off just time-wise because it, it takes a lot of time to produce one of these, these episodes. <laughs> yeah. So the conclusion that we came to was, well, we still love SNL. You know, you're still in New York. You, you know, you've still got some um, connections and access with the show. And we're going to continue to be doing some stuff with, with Heidi throughout the season. Um, so, like, it's not something we want to walk away from and just close the doors and, and call it a day. But we couldn't really commit to doing... Uh, 21 episodes plus. Um, so what we're going to try is we're going to retool the show to be kind of like what you guys heard tonight, where we come in, we talk all things SNL, whether it be the latest news and the state of the show, um, and, um, have just kind of a, a, a broader conversation about the state of the show each time they finish a run. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a month in review show where um, SNL is going to be doing a run of three, I believe at least that's, that's what's publicly announced at this point. Mm-hmm. So when that's done, then we're going to pop in, we're going to talk about those three as a whole talk, but talk more about like, rather than go through it sketch by sketch, talk about who's thriving at the show, which writers are ascending and, and getting their stuff through. Um, how is it impacting culture? Like we're going to go a little broader and we're going to do kind of a big blowout episode after each run. The nice thing about that is that um, it gives us a bit more runway to offer something unique because I'm sure everyone who tunes into our show knows that there's a lot of other SNL podcasts out there and they're all basically doing what we've been doing forever, which is, you know, sketch by sketch weekly. And um, we don't really want to be in that race anymore. Like we don't want to be worried about, are we getting the content out like immediately after the show so that we're riding the, the wave of YouTube algorithm activity. And like, we just, we just don't have the the stomach to like really be in the fray at that level and doing the weekly sketch by sketch show, but we, we got to have a chance to sit down and chat SNL. So <laughs> my we're, opinions we're switching... must be known somehow. <laughs> yes. Well, we're, we're assuming that we have an audience that 
keeps coming back for more. So we must be saying something that has some value to <laughs> someone out there. And if that continues to be the case, those people can still tune in and get our take and just our, you know, just, uh, you want to check in with your buds once a month to find out, you know, how they're feeling about the show. That's what we're going to be delivering. That way we can deliver a dozen episodes rather than 24 episodes. And right. it'll give you the breathing room to be able to do what you're doing. Uh, in the scene and it'll give me time to um, deliver this baby and um, <laughs> you know, deal, deal with all the fun that goes along with that. And um, you know, who knows where we'll be at the end of the season, you know, wh whether we're hankering to do more next season, but for this season, I think that's where we landed. Is that correct? Like, did I present yeah. that kind of how we should have been? Yeah, I think you presented it very well. Basically, my vision for it is to zoom out a little bit, look at the show yeah. as a whole, Really check in on the writers, the featured players, talk just broad strokes about it, and occasionally check in, you know, the top sketches of the run. I would love to discuss them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and get, get into that stuff, maybe some Q&A things. Um, yeah, I just wanted broad strokes of the show, and I don't think we've offered that yet. So, yeah, let's zero in on that. Cause one of the other things that we used to do a lot more in the early days of the cast was I would put out the call for, listener feedback every week and we would try and address a few questions and it got challenging to do that over time um just timing constraints right like we can't let the show be two hours uh every week um but since we're we're doing kind of a, a broader state of the show kind of a cast it's a great time to kind of pick that up so um we'll be putting the call out on patreon for anyone that wants to go to the head of the line and get their questions and their thoughts in for us to bat around. Uh, obviously we'll still be engaging with people on Twitter and everywhere else that, that they find us now. So there'll be a bit more, I guess, audience participation. Like, well, we're going to have a bit more time to deal with that on these shows. So um, we will encourage people. Like if you want to make your voice heard, if you want to, you know, have your say, we're, we're going to kind of be the, the, the public square for that um, for the time being. And um, yeah. So between, uh, our audience having more opportunity to engage with the cast and us having the breathing room to kind of talk high level and probe the show from angles that you can't do when you're just doing a sketch by sketch review mm -hmm. and you're just grinding it out like Sunday, you know, trying to beat the clock. I think we can have some more rewarding conversations when we're not just kind of stuck in that, that mold. So that's, that's where I think it's at. And uh, I hope it bears fruit. I hope when we come back and deliver one of these shows that people will say, Hey, you know what? SNL's off. I listened to all the other podcasts, but it's nice to have something on the off weeks to tune into and get a fresh perspective. That's the niche that we're going to try to fill this season and you know, see how it goes. See if people like it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a rebuilding year. <laughs> it is in many ways. It's a rebuilding year for uh, SNL and for us. So it's a great time to do it. Actually, they got a new font in their, their opening montage. So why don't we retool as well? Like that's, I, I think that's apropos. All right. Well, um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. I feel good about it. John feels good about it. Steve was even excited about it. So, Oh, you actually you know, talked to Steve about it. I, I did talk to Steve. About okay. It. All right. I haven't checked in. I assume that like always I'll just <laughs> fill him in after the fact and hope that he's on board. Um, <laughs> and he usually is, like I said, he's a, he's a stand up dude. He's pretty easy going. Um, but if anyone's wondering all of the familiar faces that we've had on in the past, they all have standing invites to join us any week yes. that we do these, these episodes. So I'm sure you'll be seeing most of them throughout the season as well. Yeah. Definitely be seeing Patrick. Definitely be seeing Charlotte. Uh, mm -hmm. There, I've and talked Steve. to them therein, yeah. and Steve, of course. Yeah. yeah, very good. So yeah, that's that's uh, 
I guess those are the broad strokes. Is there anything else about the premiere that is worth batting around? Like, was there a couple standout moments or anything that gave you an impression of how the show is um, just working right out of the gate? Because normally premieres are a little shaky and it takes mm-hmm. a few episodes before you get a clear impression of whether everyone's coming together. Um, any notable um, absences or not- notable performances, anything that just caught your eye? I mean, I, I thought they had some, uh, some nice fresh perspectives coming in, you know, like, like we touched on the cold open. Uh, mm-hmm. it was very meta, very self aware. I liked that. And then we had, we had the be real sketch, which I thought was really fun. Um, <laughs> sure. And speaking of. Oh, is it that time? Speak of the devil. It's time to be real right now. <laughs> John, are you right. on be real? Yeah, let's do this. All right, let's do it. All right. We're real. <laughs> It's okay official. yeah I, I i feel like that was an obligatory joke to to throw in uh we'll see how it lands <laughs> i'm sure you'll find it in the edit yeah yeah yeah. um not that you asked but i had some thoughts um thought number one bowen was ever present so i don't think uh anyone's questioning whether he's gonna be like a real standout um ever present member of the cast this season mm-hmm. uh seems like he knows what he's doing not just because he can generate material but um, everyone just seems to be able to slot him in, in lots of different places and mm-hmm. lots of different ways now. Um, so that's nice to see. My other big thought was everything I saw from Keenan was so tried and true Keenan that there was a little part of me that felt like, man, have I, have I just seen this too many times to, <laughs> to feel like to, for the jokes to land? Like there's only so many times that Keenan can give like the, the coy, like side look or play Neil deGrasse Tyson before you've seen all the tricks. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's historic that he's been at the show for 20 seasons. And, and I know that he's the glue and I know that SNL just isn't SNL without him at this point. And I mean, we've only had one episode, so it's, we can't be drawing any great conclusions, but I was kind of feeling like, huh, you know what? I, I don't, I don't know if there was anything about this episode that I needed Keenan to uh, elevate. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I've ever had that notion. Cause I've always seen him save mediocre material with a, with a clever glance or just, you know, the, the pitch perfect delivery on something or just committing Mm -hmm. to a role or whatever it is. Like Keenan can do a lot with a little. And, um, I just, for whatever reason, I just got this, this notion of, huh, I'm not missing Kate. Like I'm not missing a lot of the other players that, that weren't present. I wasn't even thinking about them throughout the show. And every time Keenan showed up, I was kind of feeling like, I don't know if this is super necessary. So I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but um, you know, only the rest of the season will, will tell us uh, whether, whether Keenan's still in it to win it. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, he stands out now that the show is rebuilding and so much of the cast has turned over. It is kind of funny to see him still there, just still doing what Keenan do. And, um, you know, I, I hope they make hay with him and I hope that he's, he still enjoys his time there, but I just wonder, I just wonder if there's that much more for Keenan to do at SNL. Keenan's been on TV my whole life. So <laughs> sure. I don't think I'm capable of having that thought. Yeah. It's and like- you know what? Like his, his <laughs> sitcom is done, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's officially canceled. Um, so maybe he's just got the time and Keenan got to work. So <laughs> yeah, Keenan's going to make know. some money. That's one thing for sure. Yeah, so uh, Keenan Keenan might be around for another decade. Who knows? But it it just it struck me funny, and I thought, you know what? If if we're looking for stuff to bat around about the premiere, that yeah. was it. Like uh, excited to see all the new players as always. Like that's that's really the the heart of SNL is the up and comers and how they make the show their own. And then you've got Keenan just doing what he's doing, anchoring <laughs> things, like not doing anything wrong. But I've seen it all. 
And I, mm-hmm. I hope to see something fresh to make me reconsider that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing I was very excited to see. Okay. Uh, again, not that anybody's, you know, the show is not a puzzle where you have to have one piece to match the one that just right, left. Right, right. Yes, yes. But it was pretty beautiful to get to the end of the night and have a Heidi Ego duo where there yes. once would have been guaranteed a Kate and Adie duo. Yes. And we love to see that. Lots yes. of airtime for Heidi. I, I love them together. I don't think they, they do enough sketches of them as yeah. a duo. And so I'm excited to see that become more of a thing. Well, you'll you'll notice in the super meta opening sketch, they introduced Heidi as like a senior player, like a ringer that never mm-hmm. misfires. Um, yeah, there's there's nobody higher up at this other like yeah. I mean, there's Keenan, but but and Cecily at some point, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's a there's a a lot more room to breathe mm-hmm. for the yeah. the seasoned um, rep players. Yeah, we saw I, a lot I, of Chloe too. Yeah, so I my hunch is that Heidi and Ego they're going to be able to just through sheer clout and tenure um, be able to get a lot more stuff produced that is fun for them rather than writers bringing something to them. Uh, I love to see vehicles that at their core are like Heidi and Ego vehicles because I I think that's where they're having the most fun. And that's where that kind of sometimes spills out of the screen a bit. It's a little infectious when you know that this is something that they're doing because it's the kind of goofy stuff that they want to be doing. It should be no secret to anyone that follows the show closely that um, Ego and Heidi are like super SNL BFFs. They shared a, a change room, not a change room, they, they, a dressing room, um, right. a sitting room, whatever you want to call it, when they were featured players together. Um, so like they came up through the trenches together. They've both made it right. Like they're now in the top tier and uh, good on them. Like I, I hope that every week there's one vehicle where you're like, yeah, this was their passion project for the week and they can get them over because that's where they're at in the show. And uh, I'll be more than happy to see it. Obviously we're biased. We always have to add that disclaimer. Right. We love Heidi <laughs> on this show, but um, yeah, it, it was nice to see. And that wasn't lost on me either. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They're, you know, they, they, they're heavyweights now. And of course they're going to find stuff to do together. Cause why wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. yeah. I had a, I had a Heidi Ego duo sketch in my packet. And mm. I, I guess I was just a, a little ahead of ahead of my time on that. Maybe next but year hey. would have been the better year. <laughs> yeah, you can always resubmit. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. I, they're not getting rid of me that easy. <laughs> all right. Well, that that's really I think all we've got for you this week. Yeah. Well, we talked a little weekend update. We talked the cold open. Yeah. We talked Heidi and Ego. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really everything about SNL that I think I care about. <laughs> Really, like, like, really about the premiere. Like, we could we could dig deep on cameos. We could talk about the host more. But honestly, like, I saw Top Gun Maverick. Dude was good in it. But I I have no other great insights on Teller. So, uh, yeah, I think at this point, anything else we'd have to say is probably what people can tune in and and get from the other shows. So, um, more than happy to send them over to the other cast to to get their sketch by sketch rundowns. But this is the kind of stuff that we'll be bringing, and uh, we hope that. Everyone comes back in a couple weeks to hear what we thought of the first October run. For sure. I'm excited about it. And uh, before we sign off, I want to one more time plug my show Mm. on October 17th at 730 at the Squirrel NYC under St. Mark's. Um, And John, where are you? Do you have a baby registry we can send them to? Oh, no, we've got all the the crap that we'll ever need. You know, after after three kids, uh, you accumulate. So. Um, but my new project will be dropping January 6th, depending on, you know, factors out of our control. 
Um, it's not a public show. It's only a select few are going to be allowed in. And, um, you know, obviously I'll be videoing it. So we'll put it up for the Patreons. Um, but seriously, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I will not be doing anything SNL related in January. And now at this point, I'm unclear if that's a baby joke or an insurrection joke. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, my, my, so my, no, uh, in all honesty, my new baby is due on, okay. you know, the, the darkest day in American history. Um, <laughs> so there's that. I mean, if it comes out Republican, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Um, but that is, yeah, that was not anywhere in my thinking. Okay. Um, but we are due, uh, early January. So that's, uh, that's going to be a blackout period for me. So, uh, I will be enjoying tuning into whatever it is you come up with that month. But otherwise, I'd be happy to pop in whenever, um, you know, whenever you got a, a seat to fill. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more throughout the season. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to John Murray, and thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Grace Kogan, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow, and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week with a fun vintage episode covering Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Season 25 hosting debut, and then we'll return to cover SNL's October run the following week. But until then, this has been episode number 163 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You got to yeah. kind of give it a bit to, of room to breathe before you say at mm-hmm. SNL podcast. Then it sounds like a definitive statement. Then you can move on. Okay. Would you like me to run through it so you can hear how a pro does it? <laughs> I'm glad we have that recorded. Um, yeah, you should. You I'm, should I'm just going to drop that on Instagram is like, this is why it's over. Yeah.